welcome, and thank you for pressing play. I'm Crystal Bergfield, and this is Back to School with Crystal Bergfield. Throughout history, great teachers have stepped forward to help show us the way to coexist in society. They have urged us to consider our role in community. Just like those teachers, I am offering up my knowledge and experience to contribute to a just, responsible, and innovative United States. Through storytelling, interviews, and in-depth discussions, I will dive into the issues that plague our society and highlight new ideas that could contribute to a healthy nation. This podcast is part of a larger curriculum to educate Americans about our society. Find your seat, take a breath, and prepare to expand your mind, your heart, and your reality. Hello, friends, and welcome to week one of taxes. This episode is entitled, Am I Allowed to Say Revolution? I just finished a video on the way, way back of history of our taxes. I'm talking Great Britain taxing our asses, and we got fed up and started the American Revolution, which led to our declaring and winning independence. In this episode, I'd like to talk about our more recent tax system history. After declaring independence, what happened? Also, I want to talk about what our tax dollars do. Let's dive in. According to Dr. James McPherson, an American Civil War historian, the Civil War was the central event in America's historical consciousness. While the Revolution of 1776 to 1783 created the United States, the Civil War of 1861 to 1865 determined what kind of nation we would be. The war resolved two fundamental questions left unresolved by the Revolution. Whether the United States was to be a dissolvable confederation of sovereign states or an indivisible nation with a sovereign national government and whether this nation, born of declaration that all men were created with an equal right to liberty, would continue to exist as the largest slaveholding country in the world. Thanks, Dr. McPherson, for those poetic words. I think we made the right choice. We fought for the equal right to liberty and won the war. Although, seeing recent history, I'd say we won the battle, but the war is still on, folks. We know, probably better than those who fought the American Revolution or the Civil War, that war is expensive. In fact, in 2018, we spent upwards of 68% of the federal government's discretionary spending on war, better disguised as defense. The bill totaled over $800 billion. The remaining 32% of our Federal government's discretionary spending was split among education, health care, our environment, agriculture, socialism services, I mean social services, such as police, firefighters, and libraries. And yes, that was intentional, folks. I'm trying to use this word socialism so you understand we already have services in the United States under that category. Socialism is not a bad word. It's something we use. Anyway, in 1861, at the beginning of the Civil War, good old Abe was like, we need some money. So in the first attempt to fund the war, with the Revenue Act of 1861, they taxed imports, provided for a direct land tax, and imposed a tax of 3% on individual incomes over $800. 
However, it didn't provide an enforcement mechanism. Consequently, the law generated little additional revenue. A second revenue bill, signed into law in 1862, proved to be more effective. Basically, they got their act together, organized, and figured out how to hold people accountable. Now, I want to mention that the foundation, the reason we were taxed from the get, it's legit. A war to end slavery and to set a standard for human rights was totally worth the 3% tax, and I'm sure all the Union folks were okay to give up a little for a great cause. This tax funded the war and after 10 years was then repealed. But then, in 1909, taxes made a comeback and Congress passed the income tax in relation to the 16th Amendment. This allowed the federal government to tax personal income regardless of the state or population. And as they say, the rest is history. Since 1909, government has basically been playing a game of how much money do we need, how much can we tax, and what can we tax to pay for what we need and want. The government has raised and lowered taxes, taxed imports, exports, wealth, wages, goods, services, you name it, the government has probably thought about taxing it. Honestly, it's a little overwhelming how Congress thinks taxing something is the cure to all things. We don't want people using plastic bags. Let's tax plastic bag use. My question is, why don't we just stop making plastic bags? Oh, industry is making money on bags. I see. Just charge us. We'll swallow it. So that gets me to the question of why we tax. What are we paying for? The money you pay in taxes goes to many places. In addition to paying the salaries of government workers, your tax dollars also help to support common resources such as police, firefighters, education, libraries, and our military, to name a few. Tax money helps to ensure the roads you travel on are safe and well-maintained and that our water you drink is clean. Oh wait, your water isn't clean? How's that possible? Oh, the questions that arise when we think critically. Let's check out what's included in taxes and then focus on who gets taxed. What is included in taxes? What's under the umbrella, if you will? There are many elements to taxes and the umbrella is pretty large, it seems. Every time we purchase something, we are getting charged a sales tax. Those taxes spread differently from alcohol to food to groceries to eating out to your property and city tax. Let's take a quick look at some of the more common taxes we pay. Income tax, for one. It's a major one. We have to pay a tax on working. You make money in the U.S. and you get taxed. The tax is taxable income, as defined, and it is a specified tax rate depending on the bracket you fall into. This tax may be reduced by credits and deductions. And for more on this, check out the podcast I just did with tax expert Laura Brown. Taxable income may differ from income for other purposes, such as the taxable income one owes. This has been clearly shown in the taxable income of corporations and the uber-rich. While they make buku bucks, they aren't always taxed on all of it. In fact, they continue to amass wealth through write-offs, deductions, offshore accounts, trust funds, personally created nonprofit entities, and other loopholes. There absolutely are write-offs and islands to store money that come into play. Then there's the sales tax, which is imposed only once at the retail level on any particular good. This is something that is level across the field. 
Nearly all jurisdictions provide numerous categories of goods and services that are exempt from sales tax or tax at a reduced rate. Purchases of goods for further manufacturing or for resale is uniformly exempt from sales tax. Most jurisdictions exempt food sold in grocery stores, prescription medications, and many agricultural supplies. Finally, property taxes are most commonly applied to real estate and business property. Real property generally includes all interests considered under that state's law to be ownership interests in land, buildings, and improvements. Ownership interests include ownership of title as well as certain other rights to property. Automobile and boat registration fees are also a subset of this tax. However, when we talk about loopholes, we will see how the wealthy are protected and the less wealthy are continually taxed. It's outrageous and I just don't have time now. Okay, so that's the umbrella of what we pay. But wait, there's more to consider. If we look at the more broad definition of a tax, a tax is simply a strain or a heavy demand. My question is this. Could we consider healthcare costs, car insurance, and rental or home insurance a tax? I mean, we are paying for our rent or our mortgage, we are paying for our car and its registration, and we are paying for hospital visits. Are the insurance costs really a tax dressed up in a Halloween costume to scare the shit out of us? Before I wrap up, let's discuss who pays taxes and when. By law, any American whose gross income is over $10,000, any married couple filing jointly whose income is over $25,000, or those who earned more than $400 from self-employment must file a federal income tax return. There are also a number of other circumstances that may require you to file, including selling your home or owing taxes on the money you withdrew from your retirement account. In Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. territory, residents aren't required to pay federal income tax if their income is only from sources within Puerto Rico. But they do pay Social Security, Medicare, import, export, and commodity taxes for a total federal bill of more than $3 billion per year, according to the New York Times. And while I'd love to get into the deets about tax cuts and deductions, that's a slippery slope. I do want to mention that this is solely addressing federal taxes. We also pay local and state taxes, which feed the local and state government. Is anyone feeling overwhelmed yet? It's also important to note that I didn't even get into business taxes. All businesses are also required to pay taxes. When it's all said and done, I'd argue that we are heavily taxed for the amount of benefits we are receiving, but we will compare our rates with the rest of the world in a few weeks. In fact, is it really beneficial for us to be paying federal taxes? I mean, with us spending $7 billion on defense, it seems outrageous to me. Not the amount, but the wars that we are engaging in. Has anyone stopped to question these wars? Having spent time in the military, let me tell you that spending on soldiers' pay is not the problem. Actually, I support paying our military members well. We join in order to serve our country and give up many of our unalienable rights to do so. However, there is a lot of wasteful spending for one, and private wars over oil rights for two, that we have no right sending soldiers overseas to fight for the billionaire class under the disguise of fighting terrorism. 
We can get more into this on another day, but the tricky assholes that have sacrificed half a million lives for a war on terror have not secured anything. In fact, we've got some countries more pissed off at us. I note in my video on history that only five colonists died for George Washington, John Adams, and a few others to be like, dude, this is too much. And they began the American Revolution to gain independence. How many people must be murdered? And make note that only a fifth of that half million people were opposition fighters that died. How many people must be murdered? How many billions of dollars must we spend on war for us to wake up and see that we are simply pawns in a game of big money? Now, I got off track a moment, but not really. Our tax dollars are supposed to be used by our government to ensure our rights and freedoms. When we live in an economy that we cannot afford and are still paying money to a corrupted government, don't you think it's time we woke up and demand more? Don't you think it's high time for an American revolution to demand our rights and freedoms be protected by the very government that was established to ensure these rights? Now I realize I may have just incited a revolution, but maybe that's what it will take. George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, they all saw a need. And I'm not saying it needs to be violent. I mean, we are dealing with wealthy people who have never picked up a pitchfork or an axe to do their own work. I'm sure we could get by with a few sucker punches. In fact, wouldn't it be freaking amazing to start a revolution that didn't incite violence at all? Would that send a message or what? They say that those who must use guns to solve disagreements have lower intellect. If we could take back our country with intellect and community, we would instantly prove our worth to govern effectively and proactively for the people. But it takes community. It takes the majority of Americans to see our personal and collective worth to incite real change with corruption at the highest levels. Okay, I'll end there. Homework for the day. Do a little research. Understand what wars have been waged and the casualties being incurred. How many military lives, civilian lives, allies must be sacrificed for the wealthy to gain more wealth before we realize our tax dollars aren't being spent effectively or responsibly? Also, ponder if there is a better way. I think there is, and I'll discuss this in week four. But for now, get curious. And I'll end with two quotes. War involves in its progress such a train of unforeseen and unsupposed circumstances that no human wisdom can calculate the end. It has but one thing certain, and that is to increase taxes. Thomas Paine a settled plan to deprive the people of all the benefits, blessings, and ends of the contract, to subvert the fundamentals of the Constitution, to deprive them of all share in making and executing laws, will justify a revolution. John Adams Okay, friends, take a deep breath. That was a heavy one today. As taxes are. Thank you for taking your time and energy to elevate your mind, crack open your heart, and expand your reality. Well done. Click on the Patreon link to join in more of the learning. I'm especially stoked about this week's video I created. And if you have the heart and means to support my campaign, please give freely. 
You allow me to continue shouting our worth from the rooftops and teaching our value. Be blessed, friends.